0: Welcome to our Forever Young Podcast,
1: where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young because you're never too old to become younger.
0: My name is Christiana Eggy,
1: And my name is Sherry Marichu. Hi, Sherry. How are you doing? Hi, Christiana. All is well. I see we have our good friend, Dr. Odiatu, with us again today. How are you doing, Dr. Odiatu?
2: I'm good. I'm excited to share my energy with you. I love going back and forth. Some, you know, interesting questions about wellness. I can't wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome back to our Forever Young podcast, Dr. Odia tu. We are pleased to have you back and I'm sure that your ears have been burning throughout the time that you were away from us because we missed you a lot and we never missed a chance to talk about all your great teachings. Like every time we had an opportunity to talk about avocados, olive oil, <laughs> and gigantic bowls of salads. And, you know, we never miss a bit. But for those of you who don't know who Dr. Odiatu is, he is the author of The Miracle of Health, a professional member of the American College of Sports Medicine and a practicing dentist in Toronto, Ontario. He has been an invited guest on over 400 radio and TV shows from Atlanta to Alaska. He is also an NSCA certified personal trainer, certified boot camp instructor, and has given over 400 lectures in England, Canada, the U.S., the Bahamas, Denmark, Bermuda, and Norway. So it is the beginning of a new year and so many people are trying to figure out new fitness goals. And that is why we've brought you here to share some of the meets out there with us, please. Oh,
2: it's, it's always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure.
1: <laughs> so the pandemic has done very little to deter Dr. Odiatu from sharing his message of healthy living, and he's here with us today to bust those fitness myths. So I'd like to invite our guests and listeners to grab that tall glass of refreshing water flavored with berries and take us for a walk.
0: So, oh Dr. too, it's good to have you back. We know that so many people are starting fitness goals. And so we are definitely wanting you to help us create a structure, mm-hmm. give us some ideas, and also help us bust those fitness myths that people have.
1: Yeah, let's start with with one of my favorites. Like when I tell people that, you know, I work out every day, I go to the gym or whatever it is, there they always say to me, well, not everyone can afford a trainer to get into shape. What do you say about that?
2: And it's it's very true. You know, a trainer in a big city, you can pay anywhere from sixty dollars to two hundred dollars an hour. So if, if they, you know, if they say half of Canadian adults make $16 an hour or less, how could they afford a trainer? And I, I firmly believe that you don't need a trainer to get into decent shape. I'm sure if you have lots of, if you have poor history with fitness and you're starting off you know, with medical challenges, you know, you would need a doctor as approval or a physiotherapist. However, just to get in shape by whatever de- definition that is, a simple walking program can lower your risk of heart disease by 47%. And you don't need an upper body and lower body CrossFit coach and doing, you know, kettlebell lunges and things like that. So I believe that a trainer is a bonus, but to get into decent shape, a person can do it without a trainer.
0: And so- sometimes you hear that it's, it's either you go hard
2: or you go home. Is this true? Wow. <laughs> A common myth. I think almost everyone I know, whenever they work out with me, they're they're amazed that I never go 150%. I've been working out for over 40 years. I'm I've gone most days, not every day. And the whole idea about training more often without injury is never going 130%, 150%. Basically, that all or nothing, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna get in shape it if it kills me. You know, even in Navy SEALs training, their conditioning boot camp it's called hell week. It's not called hell life. It's called hell week. They push you to the bitter end for seven days. So that being said, all or nothing doesn't work. What it does, you end up getting hurt. You overtrain, you get bored. It lacks variety. And you have a family, you have friends, you have work you have to go to. How could you train four hours a day for triathlon if you're a real estate agent or a teacher? So I think less is more when it comes time to exercise and having a more moderate approach is better off for a lifetime of pain-free exercise results.
1: And so, you know, the whole thing about if you can't do 30 minutes, do three blocks of 10, what do you think about that? Do you think that that is effective?
2: Yeah, it's, it's called Exercise Bites. So Exercise Bites is instead of doing a one-hour program, a 30-minute program, do three 10-minute portions or six five-minute portions. So it's pretty hard or challenging, I should say, as an adult, a busy mom, busy dad, busy a business owner, to, to carve out an hour or two hours of time with kids and uh, job requirements and all these other things that we do. But they've actually shown, you know, Martin Gabala from McMaster University in Ontario, who's the uh, he's the king of exercise physiology. He says, exercise bites, doing little packets of activity can be as good or better for you because you sprinkle them throughout the day rather than sitting for 10 hours, sitting in your car on the way home to do little exercise bites. And it keeps the metabolism stoked to do little bits throughout the day. Hmm, I
1: like that because, you know, As Christiana knows, I I do monitor my mom's movement throughout the day, (laughs) just through the Apple watch and watching, you know, her movements. And what I do find with her is that she will make her exercise minutes, but she does not make her stand minutes. And what that says to me is that she'll find some time to move her body, but then she will sit for most of the rest of the day. And I keep trying to tell her that that's not good for your body. And that when her watch tells her to stand, she really should get up and
0: move.
2: Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I love the Apple Watch. I have one. I like the whole idea about stand minutes. I like the whole idea about closing rings. It makes it more mindful. I like the zzzz of my Apple <laughs> yeah. Watch when it tells me you haven't moved. So yeah. I'm, I'm passionate. I'm writing an article. Zzzz, zzzz, it's been 60 minutes. You know, uh-huh. our our physiology starts shutting down for extended periods of time sitting, and that, you know, exercise scientists have shown how sitting, especially for extended periods, deconditions the glutes and actually sends messages that you are near death if you sit for long periods of time. So, <laughs> in, the, in the caveman days, no one sat for long periods of time unless you were near death or is a famine coming. So, anytime <laughs> we're in our cubicle for eight hours. body's going you know what's next you know when's your demise when do you write your eulogy so (laughs) i love i love that idea of stand up stand up yeah yeah
0: mind movement you know throughout the day and and then the other thing too about movement is like when you're actually moving to like if you're walking for instance do at least 10 minutes because that's when you start to ignite the the burning the the fat burning um Dr. Odia, too, you can explain that better because it's like when you go out as scouts or you are camping and you start to rub sticks together to to create fire, that friction doesn't start happening unless it gets a certain point. The same thing with walking, like when you're moving to, to cause friction and where you start to actually start burning fat for energy.
2: Yeah, there's so many different theories about that, though, in terms of how much we have to do and when. And I think a lot of experts, we debate over how much and when and how but we do know that exercise bites is more practical than carving out an hour. So exactly what you're mm-hmm. saying about doing little bits at a time. But they've also shown how in terms of how we use our energy, some people are morning people, some people are afternoon people. But the whole idea is it's mitochondria. When you think of mitochondria that's taking in oxygen and 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 sparking and and creating energy, which is ATP, most people, if because we sit too much, are ATP which are energy factories in the body, the mitochondria, actually start shutting down at age 50. And many of us are tired at 50, 55, 60. And simply what's happened is our mitochondria, the energy factories, which makes us energetic, have shut off. But they can actually be shut, it could be turned on simply by regular activity. In terms of how much, we're not really sure. And if we argue about it, you know, they talk about doing as little standing more. And I think the minute we start introducing time factors and, and parameters, the average Canadian, the average American, we get confused and we, we start going towards TikTok and finding out, you know, what do the experts say on TikTok? <laughs> I don't I don't I have patients that quote Dr. Google to me and Dr. TikTok. I'm like, who is this? Who is this amorphous, all-knowing being called TikTok? I heard it on. T-. That's like saying, I heard it in the wind. I heard it in the wind. I heard it at the bus stop. You may as well say, you know, so <laughs>
1: Yeah. So what do we say to people about, you know, finding exercise routines on TikTok or Instagram or anywhere on social media? Because, you know, I have seen really great Pilates workouts. I've seen really great yoga workouts on or, you know, things to teach you how to get into a position or something in yoga on Instagram. So what do we say about that?
2: Well, no one vets them. So I love that question because No one vets you on, vetting means, is there a third-party endorsement? What's your certification? You can get a person who's got no background in health or medicine, no certification, no CPR, that that they have no designations, like from CanFit Pro or the American College of Sports Medicine. They simply put out a fun, punchy thing about what it takes to get in shape, and there is no certification. So that's why we talked about it earlier. I like getting information from books. Books are edited. They're fact-checked you can't put some bizarre theory out in a book. No one will buy it. But mm-hmm. so I, I think books are vetted and I love the fact they might be a little bit old because, you know, when you, a book is published in 2022, it was probably finished in 2021. But at least I know I'm getting, you know, vetted, peer-reviewed possibly and edited information that I know that has been fact-checked. So TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, you know, Twitter is great uh, as getting some of the vocabulary. But I think in terms of safety, you really have to find out who is the expert. Are they, is she cert- certified? What affiliations does she have? You know, is mm-hmm. she a physiotherapist? You know, what is the background? And you, you look at the profile, go to the website before you start saying, hey, I tried to work out the other day and my I tore my meniscus. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> Too many lunges. <laughs> they told me to do this with this weight. <laughs>
0: talking though, If it's an encouragement or an inspiration to get people moving, because they are TikTok, I don't even know what they call them.
1: TikTok famous? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, the, the, the people they follow on TikTok are doing certain things and it motivates them to actually walk out and do things. I think that's a bonus. Like I, I know that a lot of people live by this. So I feel like, no, it's true. I feel like if there's something positive coming out of it, as long as, you know, people are being careful and not, you know, doing things to the extreme to get hurt. But if it gets you moving at all, if it gets you exercising and stuff like that, I think that's a positive.
1: Because you're trying to do those, recreate those TikTok videos, those dance videos.
0: No, not not a dance video. I don't even watch TikTok. That's why I don't even know what you call those people that you follow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not big on social media, but I know a lot of people swear by this these days. Like not, not the dances, but like you're talking about workouts and stuff like that. Or maybe the person you follow does exercises. They're encouraging you to exercise. I've seen people actually start cooking and using recipes that they got from TikTok, right? So I think it's it's
2: it's got a plus to it. Quite- well, I think if you're getting motivation and inspiration, it's a good place. But yeah. in terms of exercise science, there's no one vetting them. You know, there's no certain you don't need a certification to be a, a guru on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. So I would say if you're gonna get health advice or fitness advice, check out the if the person's certified as a trainer. Are they a dietitian? Have they written any articles? Do they have a book they've written? Do they actually have their own bootcamp class? Is is the recommendation safe? You know, I don't know how many. I think on TikTok we used to think we saw that thing about people would kids would swallow a tablespoon of cinnamon. Oh yeah. I, about, I saw people you know suck on a shot glass to make their lips big, like you know some of these celebrities. So you, you got to be careful with the health advice. Vet it out. Look at the look at this, look at the thought leader. And do they have any real thoughts? You know, have they written an article? Are they certified? You know, who are they? You know, have they written a book? Do they have a blog? You know, where's where's the depth of their education? So I so I because so I love the idea about getting motivation and inspiration. That's amazing. Just the-
0: for, for workouts for exercises. I don't know anything about. I don't know if they give health advices advice on you TikTok and stuff. But I'm just we're talking about exercises. If somebody is actually mo- <clears throat> motivating somebody to walk out. But those are that even before you start working out, you're supposed to check with your doctor anyway, right? So you don't just see something and start doing it. So,
2: well, especially yeah. if you're starting at zero, right? Mm-hmm. Right. and if you have any injuries like you'd be surprised that actually have injuries you know and arthritis and they have autoimmune disease so they're shift workers they think oh i'll work out before i go to, be- to bed at, at eight o'clock in the morning i'm a police officer or firefighter you know there's certain times of day you're not supposed to work out right before bed because the elevation in cortisol so mm-hmm. um I, if someone's out of shape really out of shape and they're at any age a doctor would be a good idea to get their go-ahead if you're going to try a new diet Run it by your doctor. You'd be surprised how many of these supplements actually interact with people's medicine. You know, they say, don't eat grapefruit if you're if you're taking a statin. So um, if you're on medicine, check with your doctor. If you have an injury, check with the physiotherapist this is what I'm doing safe because they don't talk about shearing forces. When you do a walking lunge, if you do a walking lunge and your knee tracks over your foot, it creates shearing forces, which are very damaging to the knee. So here you are doing your walking lunges, holding your fishbowl, like the TikTok guru says, and you're and you're hurting your knees. So safety yeah. first. And I always think of think of exercise and fitness as a long haul. And like like Warren Buffett says, the road to become a millionaire or a multi billionaire is a slow, steady process. You know, if you want to do Bitcoin, you could be up one minute and down the next. My fitness suggestions are long term safety, consistency, maintainability, and ease and simplicity.
1: So you mentioned before about mitochondria and the whole thing about people over 50. So, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing about our podcast is staying forever young and some of our listeners are older. So what what kind of messaging can we share with them when, you know, they say, you know, it just gets harder as you get older?
2: Well, I think I got a good book for my 16 year old daughter for Christmas and it was uh uh, Shidi, it was ally, that Shidi, the, the, the monk, it was talking about a monk and he's this guy spent a number of years in an ashram and he has all these things. And he was saying, whatever you consistently say to yourself all the time, if you say getting in shape as a woman is harder than a man, if you say getting in shape is tougher as you get older, getting old is not for sissies, it, it's tough when you're uh, whatever, anything you, re- re- you repeatedly say to yourself, it starts becoming your doctrine. It becomes your mantra. You start identifying with it. And people say, oh, you have to be rich to in shape. Hey, I know a lot of wealthy people like Warren Buffett doesn't have a six pack. You know, Elon <laughs> Musk has a, a fair sized amount of love handles, you know, or Oprah a billionaire is, is five, seven, 230 pounds. So when you talk about, oh, you can only get it. You can only be a fit if you're rich. Is wrong, you know, but it's whatever you believe. So I think that whole idea about it's tough as you get older, if, it, if you keep saying that to yourself, it will be true. But I think as you get older, you usually have more time. You have a sense mm-hmm. of urgency. You have an idea of moderation. You can afford better quality food because you're more stable in your career. So that being said, I think as you get older, it can actually be easier because I think when your why is big enough, I love the motivational speaker, Les Brown. He said, when your why is big enough, the how doesn't matter. So if I'm 50 or 60 or 70, I'm about to become a grandmother. Hey, that's a big why. That would get me out walking first thing in the morning so I could be stable and healthy enough to take care of my grandchild. So I think as we get older, your why becomes more powerful, which is very much a supports adherence and not falling off the wagon.
1: Yeah, I like that idea about the why. There's so many places we can actually use the whole concept of why, like why we do things. and. That's got me thinking about some podcasts for the future.
2: Ah, I like that. Yeah.
0: So, Doctor Odia too, there are lots of people who feel like people like LeBron James, Tom Brady, uh, th- those type of guys are genetically gifted for fitness, and that you or know, your son. <laughs> Or Chris, yeah, my son. son. (laughs)
1: Chris.
0: (laughs) And I don't mm, have to waste time, you know, trying to be fit because they're not, like maybe they have big bones. You know, a lot of people
2: blame their big bones for not being Mm -hmm. fit. So is this true? Yeah, Christiana, I I love that. You know, we look at people like LeBron James and think, oh, it must be nice. He's so lucky. But, uh, and Tom Brady, who's, everything comes to him so easy. But, and here's Tom Brady, who actually says, he doesn't say anything about supplements or food or workout. He said sleep is his secret weapon. You know, sleep is a secret weapon. So his, his, everyone has access to good sleep. We all have access to a mattress. We all have access to a pillow. <laughs>
0: or to the floor.
2: Or, or the floor. So there's something about sleep that this gentleman said is the key behind him at 45, playing with other athletes, half his age, and still dominating. Like he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and look at him. He has his own personal hardship. He, he was mm-hmm. playing for 22, 23 years and said, oh, I'm going to come back and play one more time. And his, his wife, ex-wife now, said that uh, this was part of our breakup. I wanted him to spend more time with me and the kids. And he's actually going back to the sport, which he's been doing for 23 years. He's already mastered and excelled. So he has his own personal challenges where people often say, one well, of the biggest reasons why I don't exercise is because I've had, you know, stress and I gave up my workout. So he has his stresses. LeBron James, you know, didn't grew up without a father. And at one point, this man came forward and said, I'm LeBron James' dad. And it was a court ca- ca- case and it was DNA testing. To this day, the man was t- not his father, but he's grown up also with hardship and challenges. And he spends about two to $300,000 a year on his personal fitness in terms of acupuncture and supplements and cupping and, and coaching and all this other stuff. So I don't think any, when you talk about a natural athlete we might have a gift but a gift means nothing until you put the pedal to the metal and you start working at it saying that these people are, are is are gifted and lucky I think is it's a myth that needs to be busted it's really about are you persistent are you surrounding yourself with other like minded people and what is your why as you know Sherry and I talked about earlier
1: Yeah. And I think too, like just saying that people are gifted and lucky is really disrespectful to the work that they put into creating who they are and getting where they are today, because nobody gets there without that hard work. And, and, you know, that book by Malcolm Gladwell that talks about the number of hours, right? It's like a hundred thousand hours or something Mm -hmm. of doing one thing to get good at it. Like, you know, to in order to get
0: there, that takes a lot of work. It is indeed. like people don't see that people see the end result. You know, yeah. I actually was talking to someone I can't remember. How I talked I was talking to today and I'm like, you know, I don't want to be an actor. I don't want to be a model. I can't you know, I don't even want to be an athlete because I cannot do the work. I'm not (laughs) cut out for that. Uh, No, it's true. Like your your body is listening to you, Christian. That's fine. Let it listen because I'm not cut out for that. I am happy with who I am, right? But the thing also you, you mentioned about supplements. Like I know this is very controversial. A lot of people, you know, they they argue about do we need supplements or not. But the question I have, I mean, I'm a firm believer in supplementing, and that is what it is, the whole supplement, not because mm-hmm. a lot of people feel that it's a key part of your diet, mm-hmm. but it is not. You supplement your diet, you know, what you're Mm -hmm. not getting out of your diet. Not Mm -hmm. all uh, all of us can eat the seven servings of, um, unless you're Sherry and Dr. (laughs) Odiatu, you know, (laughs) eat seven servings of greens and, you know, stuff in a day.
1: And the good greens, (laughs) Christiana.
0: I I don't do that. So I supplement. So, but what is the real deal about supplementation,
2: Dr. Odiatu? Yeah, it's a great question. I think we always want to make it seem like there's one thing to take or one vitamin or mineral that I'm missing. And sure, you might have a deficiency, but basic food. When we think of Homo sapiens, we've been on the planet for 300,000 years. Most of our human history has been spent eating food, g- greens, vegetables, shrubs, you know, if you're a meat eater, you know, you know, good quality meat and fruit and vegetables, grains only the last 12,000 years. So we've spent you know 99% of human history um eating food only. So this whole new era of supplements and nootropics and psychotropics and things to enhance brain health. I, I go back to the fundamentals. The best coaches, Pat Riley in basketball, John Wooden, they talk about the fundamentals. Fundamentals is the food groups and the variety and eating as close to foods as in their unprocessed state as possible. And supplements are there as an add-on, but they're not a replacement of good food. And I think people spend a lot of money on supplements. I heard of people spending four or $500 a month. It's amazing how many, you know, good quality fruits and vegetables and hormone-free meat you could actually buy with For that extra hundred
1: $400, <laughs> yeah.
2: For $400 a month, you know, yeah. five $5,000 a year, like, That's a lot. That's a lot of finances to throw at something that's very unregulated. A lot of supplements aren't aren't greatly regulated, and as long as they have good manufacturing practices and they don't kill you, they can actually. As long as they don't say, as long as they don't say that you cure a disease, you can put anything on a bottle you want. You know, so and so the FDA doesn't. It's not a well regulated. So it's the wild, wild west when it comes to supplements. So you got to trust the company. You got to do your research. A lot of people are taking supplements and there was a, a supplement called Hoodia back about 20 years ago. Hoodia was a fat burner that they say African bushmen took on hunting trips. They didn't have to eat, it gave them energy. It was called Hoodia. Well, the BBC did an investigation into one of the most popular Hoodia supplements, and they found out there was no Hoodia in the Hoodia. So, <laughs> so so buyer beware. But hey, I can have an apple, I can have a steak, I have a salad. And yeah. I know there's kale. I know there's quinoa. I know there's spinach. So I love food. You know, give me a good meal. Supplements are are, are there, but they're a very far second place for me. Yeah.
1: And I, I do too, like, well, yeah, I love food, but I like to make sure I'm eating live food, you know? And, and that's one of the things that I do with my mom as well. I'll, like, I'll like randomly call her up and ask her what she's eaten. And nice. When she says, oh, I had a piece of bread or, and I had rice. I'm like, okay, so what did you eat that was green and living today? You know, you need (laughs) that in your body too, right? While the
0: yeast in in bread
2: is not alive. (laughs) (laughs) But it could be a hot hot dog bun. You know, think of some of the the white bread and the hot dog buns and the croissants. Let me
1: tell you, she's eating white bread unless she's eating Christiana's whole wheat (laughs) <laughs>
0: with, with, with cinnamon to cut the with sugar. With cinnamon, okay.
1: that's right. So, yeah,
0: the, the, the key word is live food. And again, it's it's not just, it's live food, it's portions, you know, and yeah. like eating everything in moderation. So you are right. Again, supplements are just to supplement the food because this is a path we don't want to go to because the the, the a lot of the food that we eat today are actually deficient of so many things because of the uh, GMOs and all that right not everyone can afford organic and there's no real organic so it's good to eat your life food eat good quality food but also I believe in supplementation it's optional right (laughs) and do your homework as well Yeah. So we would. I don't think we can stop this discussion without talking about fat, because some people believe that all fat
2: are bad for you. But mm. this is not true, is it, Doctor yeah. No, Now, fat. You know, in in the nineteen eighties, fat was considered bad. Eggs were considered demonic, and people they said maybe one egg a week. We ate pasta. We ate snack wells. We ate all these sugar laden treats and foods, and we got even bigger. So they've now shown in 2007 study, a 2017 study, have shown a hundreds of other studies that saturated fat is not the demon. You know, our cells have a double fat layer. Every one of our cells, our 42 trillion cells, has a fat layer around them. Um, all hormones, testosterone, growth hormone, estrogen, progesterone, come from fat. Cortisol, if you leave, leave a very intense life and you have a lot of deadlines and you live in a modern world, you have a, you have a need for cortisol. Cortisol helps you manage emergencies in your body. Well, cortisol comes from fat. Cholesterol is is a grower that moves on to cortisol and testosterone and estrogen. So if you want good hormonal health, if you want vitamin D absorption, you need fat in your body. A lot of the brain is made of fat. So we've demonized fat that is bad. But the only fat that I say that could be considered bad is trans fats or interesterified fats, which are man-made or science-made lab fats. Which have caused lots of challenges over the last 20, 25 years. So a lot of countries now have banned them or limited how much trans fat could be in food. So those kind of fats are bad. You know, Frankenstein fats are bad, trans fats, you know, science-made fats, but saturated fat, you know, the fat in olive oil, the poofas, yeah, coconut avocado oil, was- avocado, <laughs> nuts, those fats are good. No one get you can't get overweight eating avocados and olives and uh, good, good quality fat. So it's a myth. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Christiana. Thank you. <laughs> Sherry?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, okay. So there's fat and and then there was the whole carb thing. So, you know, all carbs are bad too, right? Like. Uh,
2: yeah, that's that's another myth that people think carbs are bad. Well, when you say carbs are bad, we're saying and technically a lot of nutritionists and dietitians have, there's no actual demon food because technically you could enjoy pizza in moderation. You could have cheesecake at your wedding. You could have a croissant if you're in Paris and you want to duplicate <laughs> Emily in Paris's <laughs> roll down the scene. But again, moderation. So carbs, apples are carbs, vegetables are carbs, whole grain wheat is carb, you know, quinoa is a carb. Yeah. So that being said, when you think of carbs are bad, if you want to look at pro- heavily processed carbs, cotton candy, you know, <laughs> things like you buy at these outdoor fairs, these little donuts, there's a sugar and fat laden little processed carbs. So, well,
1: those tiny Tom donuts that are so delicious.
2: Yeah, you can you, you can stick them on your butt where you're actually going to gonna <laughs> end up is what I would do. But that being said, so processed carbs are not demonic. I would say lower them, reduce them. But increase the other good carbs like fruit, vegetables, and whole grains. So people say I'm doing low carb, I'm thinking that's a short-term diet because if you do yeah. low carb, it doesn't last that long. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good good good, 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 good. I love that. I love yeah. busting that myth up.
1: You, like, Christiana says, you can treat yourself, but you don't need to treat yourself every day.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moderation.
1: That's
0: right. Make, make your your bring, eat your carbs, but you know, pair it up with some greens and you know protein, you know, so that it, it
2: creates a balance, right? Well, so. if you're active, well, if you're an active person, if you if you have a physically active job, say if you're a, a firefighter fighting fires, or a teacher where you stand up all day in front of a room, or you're anyone that has a very active, a lot of standing job. And you also have an active personal life where you have kids that you play with after or you run an after school program or you look after some elderly and help them with becoming more active. You can actually get away with having more fun foods in your diet than someone that sits all day for nine hours in a cubicle, goes back, commutes back and forth on a subway and doesn't spend any time walking. So if you're an active person, you can have more fun foods in your day than people who sit all day so if you want to enjoy fun foods have a more active life and you can get away with having more fun foods you know? yeah i
0: love that yeah, yeah that does not mean ice cream every day sharing
1: <laughs> i know i know i know i know but it totally makes sense you know because i feel it like the more active i am in a day the more i i feel i need to fuel my body right not necessarily fun food, but I, I know that I am I need a little bit more fuel to get through.
2: But, but if you ran three miles a day or you, you did a hot yoga class after work and you had two kids, you're running around. Guess what? You could have more fun foods in your diet. But if you're a single guy working at a nine-hour call center for nine hours, you, you take the subway to work. You always find a seat. You can't stand for the hour, heaven forbid. <laughs> you, you sit on the way home. You You sit through lunch. You watch... YouTube at lunch and your coffee breaks. Guess what? That person can't have too many fun, fun foods because on average, the average adults in North America only stands for, I think it's 1,800. Sorry, so it's 1,800 steps a day. That's the average person in America. So when they talk about 10,000 steps, I'd be happy if they did 5,000, you know? Right, you know? yeah. So th- there's something about doing 3,000 steps a day that's magical, which is a million steps a year. So 10,000 wow. 10, steps, who does 10,000? You know, who does 10,000? Sure. I did, I did for a week. <laughs> I would say
0: I'm about, I hover around eight, you know, yeah. usually. When I, was, when I was with Chris, I
1: did 10,000 every day. Oh my gosh. When we were in Paris, it was, it was crazy. It was so crazy that my watch was telling me that there's a, a marketable change in my steps. And also, so for my mom, too, because I, I watch hers, too. So it was telling me that we were taking so many more steps in the last week. And then when we got home, it was like, you are taking a lot more less steps than you did. That's
2: funny. That's <laughs> Yeah. Funny.
0: That's so funny. That has been quite interesting. And it was really nice having you back.
1: Yes, it's so good to see you again, Dr. Odiatu. So let's take a moment and remind our friends and listeners where they can find you on social media.
2: Well, I'm on Twitter. Um, it's at Fit Speakers. So Fit Speakers, I'm on Twitter. If you look up the, the name Uchi U-C-H-E, and dentist or fitness, you'll find me. I'm on Instagram also, at Fit Speakers. I'm very active. People direct message me. I have about 10,300 real followers. I haven't paid for my followers. I have real <laughs> friends. And uh, I direct message. We do private message. I post pretty much daily. I have lots of fun stories. So I love interacting and keep my fingers on the pulse. Because when I lecture... I like to give people what they want and need rather than just what I think they need. So I love getting out there and percolating and finding out, you know, and, and blogs, finding out what people really want us. So I appreciate you having me on today. I love your I love your listeners.
0: Thank you very much. And as we proceed with this new year, I hope that you will take one or two things from this discussion to help you along with your fitness goal. So on that note, I'm Christiana Egge.
1: And I'm Sherry Marie Chu. See you next time on Forever Young.
0: Until then, keep smiling because you're never too old to become younger.
1: The Forever Young podcast is created and produced by Christiana Eggy and Sherry Marie Chu. And it is produced and engineered by Elise Hill The podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests. The content should not be taken as medical advice. It is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at our forever podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under our forever young podcast. Thank you for listening.